Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. It's good to see everyone this morning. It's a little bit cooler this week, but we're excited. I know everybody gets a little bit a brisker start in the morning, but makes you appreciate the sunshine when it comes out. It's just so great to see you this morning. As we get ready for another week, we are busy. Things that are coming up. One thing that we wanted to add to your list to make sure that if you are a part of the coat drive that WMU does, they're going to continue that this week and they're going to be collecting those coats. Um, I know that today in a lot of the Bible study classes, they'll be passing out um, the little cards that uh, describe what they need. So in your Bible study time, pick up one of those. Make sure that uh, you get those coats turned in. I think right at November the 1st is when they ha everything has to be back in. And um, we want to make sure that we do that because we really re get to reach a lot of families, and especially the students um, that need those each year, especially before Christmas, uh, trying to meet some of the needs that those families might have. Also, coming up, we have candy on the corner. And we want to bring that up. It's going to be up here this year, not in the building, and we're going to do it more like a trunk or tree. If you want to host a table, um, we will be socially distanced, and we have candy that is pouring in, thanks to you guys and we can provide the candy and such, but we just need some people to come up, check with Beth this week, and get signed up to be a part of that because it's a great outreach event. And then on the 24th, we have a men's breakfast, and we're going to be meeting downstairs, lower level of this building, um, and doing our breakfast, and we invite all men that morning to come and join us and have a great time of fellowship and just join uh, with each other for some prayer and a little bit of devotion. So um, that's open to all ages. So if you know somebody, grab them and bring them with you. If you're a guest today, it sounds like we got a lot going on. Yeah, in these times, we just keep on moving. Um, the people of this church are just so amazing about ministry, and we invite you to come and be a part of that. So if you're a guest, don't um, hesitate to stop out at our foyer, our guest center. Fill out a card and just let them know of you being here today. Introduce yourself so we get a chance to meet you personally. And ongoing, if you need anything, don't hesitate to call the church office because we will do everything we can to uh, accommodate the things that you're looking for or help you meet your needs. But it is a blessed day to be in the Lord's house today. As we get ready to join for uh, a time of worship, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the beauty of the fall and we're reminded each day that you're still in control. And Father, in these times, as it's been uncertain over the last couple of weeks, we just reach out to you and we just ask that your will be done in all things. And Father, if there's a way that we can move through this any quicker, uh, we just ask your presence in that. Father, today as we gather and worship all the songs that are sung, as Harold brings the word in just a few moments, all that is a dedication to you, our Heavenly Father, who watches out for us, who looks out for us. And Father, we just want this time to be about us and you um, and just that communion time that we hit each week to walk in here and just stop everything we're doing and feel you speaking to us in a special way. So allow your spirit just to move among us. Let us feel your presence. And Father, just take this as an offering as we sing and raise our voices to you. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Let's stand together. 
and uh, turn around and yell at somebody and just tell them that you are happy to see them here in the church this morning. You call my name 
Courtney's going to pray over our offering this morning, so join us in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for every opportunity we have to come into your house and worship together. I just pray that your healing would be on this church and every family that is hurting. And I pray that you be with this church and, and the giving of the offering and that you would bless every hand that gives it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God.
Amen. Thank you. Anybody glad you're a child of God this morning? We don't have to live in fear, do we? Thank you, sir. So we're going through a series called When Life Gets Tough. And uh, this morning we're in Job chapter 3. And uh, the first couple of chapters, we've just uh, we've read about some unimaginable suffering that came upon Job. And I'm going to talk about that some more. This morning we're going to talk about the pain of suffering. And I want us to just consider our, uh, our own Christian lives for just a moment. Uh, you know, Jesus wants us to enjoy uh, an abundant life. John 10, 10, the enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he's all about. But Jesus said, I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And so he desires that force. And uh, we know that God pours out his goodness and his mercy on us every day. And it's from the fullness of his grace that, that we have received blessing after blessing after blessing. We know the Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from above, down from a father of lights. Uh, Paul asked, what do we have that we didn't receive? We know the answer to that's nothing. And so God is good and gracious, blesses us in so many ways. And yet there's sometimes that we need to be reminded that we do live in a fallen world. And in this fallen world, there will be some days, maybe seasons in life that are full of pain, even to the point that it's hard to function. Vance Havner, the great old preacher, wrote this in one of his last books. He, he said, it's nice to visit Disneyland, but we cannot live there. We understand that. The Christian life is not a vacation, but a vocation, not a picnic, but a pilgrimage. Its mountaintop experiences can flatten out and drop from the majestic to the monotonous and even to the miserable. Even our Lord said, now is my soul troubled. And so as we study scriptures, uh, almost all of the Bible characters endured times of hardship, suffering, pain uh, as they journeyed along their, their walks with the Lord. 
Consider the disciples. We, we often say, man, what a blessing it would have been to have been able to spend three years with Jesus, to see His miracles, to hear His teachings, uh, just to be with Jesus. And, it, and that would have been awesome. And yet if we believe tradition, uh, all but one of the disciples died a, a violent death because they were following Jesus. And so we come to, to the book of Job, and we find this man named Job. He was a godly man. He was a, a family man. He was the greatest of all the men in the East. And, and yet, uh, in just a, a blink of an eye, Satan was granted permission to come against Job. And, and in, in just that blink of an eye, everything that was dear to him was taken away. And he lost his family. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. And so in these two chapters, chapters 1 and 2, he went from just the highest position to the deepest pain. And uh, at the end of chapter 2 last week, some friends had come to, uh, to be with him. Uh, and we're going to talk about them the next several weeks, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They come and uh, they spend a week with him at the beginning without even opening their mouth. And... Uh, and then we come to chapter 3, and we're going to see just the pain of suffering. And so I invite you to stand, and, and uh, we'll read chapter 3. Uh, starting next week, we'll take a, some bigger swaths. Uh, we'll probably get chapter 4 through 11 next week if you want to read ahead. Uh, but after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was born, and the night that said, A man is conceived. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. That night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Let those curse it who curse the day, who are ready to rouse up Leviathan. That's the sea monster. Let the stars of its dawn be dark. Let it hope for light, but have none, nor see the eyelids of the morning, because it did not shut the mouth of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not die at birth, come out from the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept. I, then I would have been at rest with kings and counselors of the earth who rebuild ruins for themselves or with princesses who had gold who had who filled their houses with silver or why was i not a hidden as a hidden stillborn child as infants who never see the light there the wicked cease from troubling and there the weary are at rest there the prisoners are at ease together they hear not the voice of the taskmaster the small and the great are there and the slave is free from his master why is light given to him who is in misery or life to the bitter and so, who long for death, but it comes not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad that they find the grave? Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For my sighing comes instead of my bread, and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. Let's pray. Father, we pray that your word would speak this morning, that it would come alive in our hearts and, and do the work that you desire for it to do. And, and Lord, I'm sure there's some here that are troubled and have lots of burdens upon their hearts, and, and they feel a little bit like Job. And uh, we pray that you might give comfort to their souls. 
Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here that's not in a relationship with you, that they might come to you this morning and find rest. Rest in Christ. Lord, that's our great prayer this morning. So we invite you to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, uh, chapter 3 is kind of a soliloquy. It's, it's a monologue. Job is kind of opening up. He's been sitting in silence. And uh, he opens his mouth. He begins to vent his emotions. Uh, he shares this great pain that he's in. And, and, and keep in mind, church, that, that Job does not uh, know why he has experienced such severe loss. And I, I don't believe that he was meant to, to know uh, why this trial was going on. And if Job had known, uh, there would have been no place for, for, for his faith. And, and Job could have never come forth as goad that's been purified in the fires. And I want to say to you, there are some things that happen in our lives that we may never understand this side of eternity. But listen, if you're a believer, you can be assured of this, that God purposes it for your good and for His glory. You can be sure of that. That's Romans 8, 28, that God can work it. He can turn it for good. He purposes that for the believers. And so we might not understand why, but we can know that uh, God can work it for good. And uh, I want us to notice four things uh, about the pain of suffering in this chapter. And there's probably more, but, but first of all, pain can lead to despair. And uh, what I've learned is that no one is immune from feelings of despair, uh, even depression. Uh, I think especially in these COVID days, I, I think mo more people have dealt with that than maybe ever before. And even great men of God, uh, a few months ago, we looked at Elijah who come off that mountaintop experience and, and then he wanted to die. We could talk about Jeremiah. We could talk about more contemporary people like Martin Luther, John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, even great men deal with despair sometimes and and what we find when we come to chapter 3 is that Job has been brought low and he's lost everything and he just stands naked before God, filled with pain, and that pain leads him to despair. Here's some things that we find about Job. Job wished that he had never been born. Now listen to, to how he puts it. He opens his mouth and he curses the day of his birth. Chapter 3. Three, <clears throat> verse 1, Job opened his mouth, cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, verse 3, Let the day perish on which I was born, and the night that said, A man is conceived. And so the, the day that it was announced that Job was born, Job curses that day and desires that it would just, he'll talk about it more in verse 6, that you could just block it out of the calendar. Take it off the calendar. If you got a list of 1 through 30, just take this day off. I don't want it to even be on the calendar. And we see this theme of darkness and blackness uh, in these verses. Notice verse 4. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. Verse 5. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. Let the darkness of the day terrify it. Verse 6, that night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the, the months. And so this is kind of the imagery that Job uses over and over. May that day turn to darkness. May no light shine upon it. May darkness seize it. To Job, where he's at right now, everything is black and hopeless, and dark, and he wished that he had never been born. Verse 8, let those curse it who curse the day. Curse it. 
Cursed the day I was born. And so, listen, Job was not just having a bad day. He is full of despair. Not only does he wish he hadn't been born, but, but next he wished he had died at birth. Verse 11, why did I not die at birth? Come out of the womb and expire. Why did the knees receive me? Or why the breasts that I should nurse? In his despair, Job can't understand why God would even have allowed him to be born uh, if, if all these tragedies, if God knew all these tragedies were going to come in his life, he wished that he had just died at birth. And, and now we realize that Job might have some incorrect views of death, but in his despair, he feels like that it would have been better for him to be, have been born dead than to have to deal with the suffering that he's enduring. That's pretty deep. And then Job wished that he could die immediately. Verse 20. Why is light given to him who is in misery and life to the bitter in soul, who long for death, but it comes not, and dig for it more than for... I mean, he digs for death like a person would dig for a, a hidden treasure. Who, Verse 22, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave. Now, Job's word here is a little shocking even, and uh, we're not used to this kind of frankness sometimes, but, but Scripture knows much of this language, this genre of lament. If you read through the Psalms, uh, you'll notice that many of the songs are, are what we call songs of lament or spiritual complaint. Uh, let me just give you an example. Psalm 88. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to, to Sheol or to the grave. Things are going awful, Lord. Hear my, my cries. And, and some of the Psalms kind of end on a good note, but some of them don't. Uh, verse 15, afflicted and close to death from my youth up. I suffer your terrors. I'm helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. And, and in the last verse, you have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have been, I mean, things are going awful. And now my friends have deserted me. And, and so uh, that's a song that is similar to maybe a little bit of what Job is trying to verbalize here in Job chapter 3. And I'm going to just point out something that we forget sometimes. The, the Psalms were the hymn books for the Old Testament saints. The, the early church, if they got up to their, their praise time, they would sing the Psalms. And some of the Psalms are, are lament. And so there's praise to God. And, and yet there's also the recognition that pain is unavoidable in this world. And so uh, there, there's a time for everything under the sun. There's a season for everything. And so uh, almost, again, every Bible character uh, encountered some suffering. We could start with Abraham, and we know Joseph, and, and uh, Moses. We know David ran for his life for, for years. We know the suffering of Jesus. We know John was exiled to, to Patmos. We know Paul's suffering. None of them were immune. You think about Jeremiah. He's known as the, the weeping prophet. Uh, listen to Jeremiah 20. 14, cursed be the day on which I was born, the day when my mother bore me. Let it not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father. A son is born to you, making him very glad. 
Let that man be like the cities that the Lord overthrew without pity. Let him hear a cry in the morning and alarm at noon, because he did not kill me in the womb. So my mother would have been my grave, her womb forever great. Why did I come out from the womb to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? Now, let me point this out. This is not suicide talk. Job and, and, and Jeremiah, they, they're not suicidal. And yet they both felt like they wanted to die. They, they didn't try to expedite the, the process. They, they weren't going to take their own life, but they, they, just, they were going through so much that they felt like it would be better for them to, to die. Elijah, remember, he, he, he got so low that he said, God, just take my life. I, I, I don't want to live anymore. And, and I think if we're honest... Uh, I'd bet there's some of you that's been there, maybe more than once, when the pains of life seemed so severe that you didn't think you could bear it. And maybe you've even asked the Lord, Lord, just, just take me home. And maybe you've laid in the bed or maybe you've laid on the floor and you just cried out to God, I, I cannot take the pain. That's part of the beauty of the scriptures is that it's so real and, and we can relate. And, and so there's a man named Job and he's a man of faith, blameless, upright, fears God, shuns evil. He's that kind of man and yet he found himself in despair. And again, I think some of you can probably relate to these feelings and uh, maybe you've been through something that's so horrendous that you just want to die. You're not suicidal and you've not lost your faith, but this, the, the pain is just too much to bear. Well, I want you to know you're in good company. And uh, some of the, the greatest heroes of the Bible went through similar periods in their lives. And, and the Bible records it for us. And, and I think it provides some comfort in knowing that we're not alone in our pain and despair. Uh, one of my favorite preachers was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And uh, in 1866, Spurgeon stood before the London Metropolitan Tabernacle. He had a big church. He, God used him mightily. He began a sermon in uh, Isaiah 41, I think, verse 14. And here's, here's the way he began the sermon. He says, I have to speak today to myself. And while I shall be endeavoring to encourage those who are distressed and downhearted, I shall be preaching, I trust, to myself, for I need something which shall cheer my heart. Why, I cannot tell. Wherefore, I do not know. But I have a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. My soul is down within me. I feel as I had rather die than to live. All that God has done by me seems to be forgotten. My spirit flags and my courage breaks down. I need your prayers. And so we think of someone like Spurgeon and who could preach so mightily and people would be saved and had such a, an effective ministry. And yet there were times where he felt so down that he felt like he wanted to die. And so none of us are immune from despair in life. Pain can lead to despair. Secondly, pain can raise sincere questions. And so beginning in verse 11, here in chapter 3, Job begins to, to ask the why question. Why did I not die at birth? And, and we see why asked several times. Verse 12, why did the knees receive me? Verse uh, 16, or why was I not hidden, stillborn child? Uh, verse 20, why is light given to him who is in misery? 
Verse 23, why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? And if you go through the book of Job, I, I think there are like 290 questions. Lots of questions when we go through pain. The question why is asked at least 28 times. And so we can acknowledge that pain raises sincere questions. Now, sometimes people will say, I know we're not supposed to question why things happen. I don't know where we get that. Uh, I believe it's all right to ask questions. It, it's not all right to shake our fist at God and, and demand to know why. Again, there's some things that will only be understood in eternity. It's not right to allow circumstances to destroy our faith. But I want to say to you this morning that God is a big God, and He understands that pain raises questions. And so what we're going to see is Job is going to pour out his questions before God. And, and maybe in so doing, that Job is even a little more like Jesus than we may understand. Now you say, how so? Well, the questions and the laments of Job, uh, they remind me a little bit of, of Jesus' anguish when he's hanging on the cross. And, and on the cross, Jesus cries out, remember, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? And we know that in the midst of that, it, it's not sinful to cry out to God. It's, it's not sinful to ask sincere questions. And at that greatest moment of sorrow, when Jesus was bearing the sins of the world, uh, he, he was accomplishing our salvation. And yet in the midst of that, he cries out in anguish to, to his Father. He who knew no sin was made sin for us. So that we might be made righteous. Jesus was taking our place and dying for our sins. And he cries out, God, why are you forsaking me? And so pain can lead to despair. Pain can raise sincere questions. Thirdly, pain can make us long for eternity. Uh, in the context of Job chapter 3, I, I want to say something. I want to be careful how I say it. I, I believe it's all right for a Christian to want to die and go be with the Lord. Now, I want to say that, and I want to preface that with, we are to value life. We're to stand for life. We're to defend life from the womb to, to the grave. We're to, we're to be defenders of life, and we should not take life for granted. But consider Paul. He told the Philippians that he wanted to go, and he wanted to, go to heaven. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And so the Apostle Paul, he had a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which was far better. But, but for the time being, he, he knew that it was needful for him to stay and accomplish the work that God had given him. That's the way we should live our lives. If God has a, a work for us. We want to do it. We want him to accomplish his purposes. And, and yet we know when this life is over, we get to go and be with him. Notice what Job says in verse 13. For when I would have lain down and been quiet, if I had died, I would have been able to lay down and be quiet. I would have slept, then I would have had rest. Now, in the New Testament, when someone died in Christ, it, it speaks of them as falling asleep. It means that they get to rest from their labors. It, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't mean that their soul falls asleep, because we know that's not the case. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so when we die, our soul goes to be with the Lord. But, but our bodies, in a sense, they, they rest in the, in the grave until the Lord returns. An interesting verse that I found this week is uh, Isaiah 57, verse 1. The righteous man perishes, and no one lays it to heart. 
devout men are taken away. No one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. In other words, sometimes God takes us home to heaven to spare us, I believe, additional suffering and sorrow in this life. And so I I would say this. I, I think sometimes God rescues us from suffering. And at other times, He gives us grace to persevere through the suffering. Either He takes us before it or He gives us grace to persevere. And uh, I, I once had the, the privilege of pastoring a lady. Her name was Tina Murphy. Tina was remarkable. She, she lost two sons within a, a, about three-week period. And uh, both tragic accidents. And uh, she, she taught me a lot about suffering and grief. And she was the one that I'd usually call if I was going to go minister to someone with loss. I, I'd call her and see if she could go with me because she... She could relate so much better. Uh, I asked her to just share a testimony one time and, and talk about some things that she learned. I want to share. And she said this, When I went through the death of my two sons, I learned to depend on God for everything. I become so abundantly aware of the power, the grace, and the mercy that God gives when, I, when we ask. I had to start asking God for even the smallest things, just like getting up in the morning and getting dressed. I needed help in every area of my life. I was what I thought completely broken and that God was really the only one who could put my pieces back together. I learned the precious value of a loving husband, strong children, Christian friends, and a wonderful church family. I learned that death can come anytime, day or night, without any warning, and that trusting God for salvation through His Son is the most important thing you'll ever do. I learned that time is, is something not to be taken for granted, but to cherish. I learned that God really does have total control and that He allows things to happen that we don't understand. I learned that tragedy can either make you or break you depending on what you do with God. God showed me that even though I was suffering, these there was good even in the hard times. He taught me to look for blessings in every circumstance. I learned the real value of my Bible and that God had to say was not just a bunch of words written thousands of years ago, but comfort for me and my sorrow thousands of years later. I learned that laughter was a gift, and just when I thought I would never laugh again, God saw fit to return my joy. I learned that in the middle of the night when everyone else was asleep, I had no one to talk to. God was always there, and prayer in the middle of the night can get you through the next day. I learned that Psalm 4610, Be still and know that I am God. I learned what that really meant. I learned that this is not heaven. Things will go wrong, but God is in total control, and heaven is for those who love and trust in Christ, is just a step, and that Christ is just a step away. Church, I believe that one of the reasons that God allows sickness and, and suffering to invade our lives is to wean us from earth and to make us long for heaven and for eternity, a place where there'll be no suffering and no more sorrow. And then finally this morning, pain should point us to Jesus. Pain should point us to Jesus. G. Campbell Morgan wrote a book called The Answers of Jesus to Job. And uh, he takes some of the questions in the book of Job and showed us how Jesus answered them in the Gospels. Now, for example, in John 13, 7, 
this was right after Jesus had washed the, the feet of his disciples. He said, uh, what I'm doing now you don't understand, but, but afterwards you understand. Disciples didn't understand that, did they? But Jesus said, afterwards you'll understand. And listen, whatever we may face in, in life, I think Jesus could often repeat those words. Uh, you might not understand this now. And, you know, just 24 hours later, Jesus' battered and beaten body was taken down off a cross and, and put in a, in a borrowed tomb of Joseph. And the disciples, they didn't understand. They didn't understand why all this was happening. And yet, three days later, Jesus arose in victory over death. And it was His death and resurrection that, that brings us redemption and salvation. And, but when the disciples understood it, it changed everything. When the pieces began to come together, they, they began to understand that this was God's plan. And the truth is, we may not be able to figure out things now, but, but later we'll understand. And so we might look at pitiful Job and, and ask, how could God, and he's a loving God, we, we might ask, how could God allow Job to endure so much pain and suffering? But I, I believe if we could interview Job, we, and we asked him some questions, of, and we won't get to some of this until the end of Job, but, but I, I think Job would say, I, I had a wonderfully blessed life before the suffering, I had a wonderfully blessed life after the suffering. And yes, there was much pain and difficult days, but it, but it, but it all turned out well at the end. And, and I think the central message of the book of Job is that there are blessings through suffering. Now, that's hard to get, and, and we'll understand that more when we get to chapter 42. But I think Job would say as a result of my, blessing, of my suffering, I, I, I have 20 children in heaven instead of 10. And I came to know God in such a personal way. And it was through the bitter disasters and calamities that he, he got to know God. And he was blessed by the discovery. And, and, and Job would say that my story has, has been read for some 4,000 years. And it has brought comfort to so many people. And now Job wouldn't have chosen the pain. But he certainly learned that through the suffering... And through the suffering of this present life, this suffering, anything that can come in this life is nothing to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in eternity. And so I said pain should point us to Jesus. And you might say, how so? Well, if we take Jesus in Isaiah 53, he, he is referred to as the suffering servant. And uh, he, we are, as Christians, we are being formed into his image we want to be more like jesus and so therefore our suffering and sorrow that that becomes marks of of the true christian life that that's normal it's part of belonging to the family paul said it like this in philippians 3 indeed i count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for his sake i've suffered Paul suffered a lot, didn't he? For this sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him. 
Paul says, I've lost everything, but it's worth it that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Here Paul speaks about the fellowship of Christ's suffering. He talks about losing everything if only he may know Christ. And so, church, don't miss this as we go through Job. The, the message of Job, highlighted more at the end, is, is not only blessings through cursing, but that simply Christ is enough. In the midst of our pain and suffering, there is this odd communion with Him, with Jesus, that's available. Some of you have experienced this. If you haven't had deep pain, you, you might not be able to relate. But listen, in the midst of the, the pain and the suffering, there is this odd communion with Christ that's available. Paul refers to it as the fellowship of his suffering. And so while pain is a part of life, Christ will show himself all the more through your pain. I've heard it so often that he shows himself even more sweetly through pain. Some of you know what I'm talking about. C.S. Lewis said it like this, God whispers in our pleasures, whispers. He speaks in our consciences, but he shouts in our pains. And so church, run to him in your pain. And yes, you can pour upon Him all your pain, your sorrow, confusion, hurts, fears, grief, anger. You can pour it all upon Him. But church, listen, do it within a relationship with Him. And He will give grace and comfort and love for the pain along the way. Do it within a relationship. And he will prove that he is enough. He is sufficient. Christ is enough. Let's pray. Father, I pray today that we'd understand that you're enough and there is going to be difficulties and pain and suffering in this life. And sometimes it's unbearable, sometimes it leads to despair, and we have real questions and uh, it's so hard. Sometimes we do want to be like Job. We just want to die sometimes. And I pray today that you would remind us that you're a good God. You love your children. And you invite us to bring it all. All the hurt and pain and sorrow and grief and questions and anger. and Bring it all and pour it out upon you. Because you care for us. I pray this morning you'll minister to hearts. Lord, if there's any decisions that need to be made, I, I pray that you'll give courage to make those. And Lord, if there's someone who's not walking with you, not trusting in you, I pray that even now they'll come to you and have life eternal. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand and uh, we'll have a song of invitation and commitment. And uh, listen, I, I don't know how you can go through suffering without Jesus. And the good news is you don't have to. Isn't that good news? He invites you into a relationship with Him where you become a child 
and you receive his love as a loving father would give a child and he invites you to turn from your sins and believe in Jesus. I, I invite you this morning, if you've never done that, I, I'd love to talk to you about knowing Christ personally. He is my heart, Lord. He is my
Amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, we have some Bible studies after this, and uh, we'd love to help you find one. If you don't uh, have a Bible study, let us know. Uh, next Sunday, we're going to start a new one, uh, Answers to Tough Questions. And uh, I'm going to lead that. And uh, you can have some tough questions if you want to. Uh, I've got some picked out to start with. Next week, I think, is Why Does God Allow Suffering? Uh, but that'll start next week. If you're not in a, a Bible study group, we'd love to... Uh, have you join us next uh, week uh, after the second service this morning we're going to have a next steps class that'll be down in the conference room if you want to know more about Burlington Baptist we invite you to, to hang around for that and we'll answer questions and uh, tell you some areas where you might want to serve and then on uh, Saturday this coming Saturday the 24th is a men's breakfast at 8 30 uh, we not only have some good food, but uh, we're going to just talk some about some discipleship opportunities. And so we would love for our men to, to come out to that next Saturday. And Danny, I think that's enough talking for me. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you close for us. We just got uh, the normal stuff, Dollar Club, on your way out. And um, I guess that's pretty much it. Backpacks are due today. That's the last day for the backpacks. So I don't know if we, I'm, I remember you saying that this morning, but you probably did. But uh, let's pray together. <coughs> Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to come into your house, Lord, and worship. And, and can we thank you for a book that we get to look into that, that sometimes uh, made us a little bit, made me a little bit nervous, Lord, but as we look into this book and, and, uh, and we figure out what's going on, Lord, we just thank you so much for the, for the message that it has for us in our lives today with, with suffering and, and just putting our full faith in you. Lord, just be with us as we go throughout this week and, and uh, with all of the things that we've got coming up on the calendar in this month, it's just uh, it's just awesome to have so many things planned, Lord, and, and to be able to just get together in fellowship and worship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.